and welcome to Tape Ops Discussion, where we call our friends and music community notables to chat about their favorite records. Enjoy. Are you outside? Yep, come on and let me in. Locked oh, out. Oh man, sorry about that. I'll be right there. Welcome to Discussion. I'm Jeff Stanfield. Today, we have M. Ward and Tape Ops Larry Crane discussing Lee Hazelwood's Cowboy in Sweden. So, Matt, thanks for coming to visit us. Nice to be here. Yeah, and I, you know, we've been working on a record together. Your new record is out. What's the title of that? It's, it's a covers Think album. Of spring. It's named after... Uh, one of the standards on uh, a Billie Holiday record called Lady in Satin. Right. Uh, which is just a record I've loved since I was a kid, and um, I've kind of been obsessed with it for going on a couple decades. So um, I wanted to try to um, uh, rearrange these strings uh, and uh, and brass that's on the record for solo acoustic guitar. So um, it was an experiment. Um on my yeah. four track, and yeah. um, I had I had a great time doing it. So it's gonna be out, yeah, December. Oh, that's awesome! And the record I've heard it is so beautiful, and it's really subdued, but but uh, like one of those records that draws you in. Well, thanks, Larry. In a crazy way, I really like it. Thank you. So fun. So um, we're here to talk about this Lee Hazelwood's Cowboy in Sweden. How did you first hear about this record? I think that. Lee Hayeswood was not on my radar at all until this side project of Hal Gelb's called OP8 that she did. Do you remember that record? I do, yeah. Um, with Lisa Germano. Mm-hmm. Um, they covered a song called Sand. Oh, yeah. And I thought that um, Hal wrote that song until I looked at the um, the liners and I find out that it's uh, Lee Hazelwood. Uh, and that got me off on this uh, just journey into his um, his catalog. Um, uh, eventually, it was good to meet Steve Shelley, who ended up uh, putting out a lot of Lee Hazelwood's records on his label, Smells Like. And right. he told me some, some good stories about what it was like to, to work with him. Not exactly a lot of cheery stories, because it was sort of in his later years, but um, uh, I'm just such a fan of, of um, this weird combination of, of his voice, uh, which is kind of gruff and um, almost spoken word sometimes, mixed with uh, some of these uh, different female vocalists. Uh, on this cowboy in Sweden, the right. uh, vocalist is Nina Lazelli. On, on yeah, the one that duets with them, but also I think uh, isn't um, oh what's her name Susie Jane Hokum. Susie sings Jane Hokum. One of the songs. Yeah. Yep. And uh, and it that one's almost like flown in. So the there we were just talking about this earlier. This is the soundtrack technically to a Swedish TV special that Lee Hazelwood did, which neither of us have seen. Yeah, it's such a great story. I, I'd, I'd love to see it. I hope somebody puts it out into it's, the world. It's been digitized. It and, has and been. There was a, a point where they were showing it when this record was being re-released on Light in the Attic. 
Oh, great. Yeah, and, and uh, I remember hearing about that, and I remember requesting to get the video of this, and I don't know what happened to that. But yeah, <laughs> I'm wondering, I have to look back through my archives here. I'd love to see it. Oh, my God. I mean, it's got to be very, I heard it's very surrealistic. Uh, it's just amazing that a record like this, coming from our perspective, is so uh, left of center that amazing that someone would make a, a TV show. <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, so I guess the backstory. So so I'll, let me throw a bit in here, too, about mm -hmm. myself. In the 80s, I I rediscovered uh, Nancy Sinatra and Lee Hazelwood, uh, the Nancy and Lee record. Um, I found it at a thrift store for a dollar, and something about it rang familiar. Of course, I knew who Nancy Sinatra was because her dad's rather mm -hmm. well known. <laughs> and but I remembered the song, and as soon as I heard um, "Some Velvet Morning," mm -hmm. I remembered that from you know being a kid in the '60s and hearing that in the radio, and going, "Oh my God, that's the most haunting, strange right. song." And so I started collecting uh, Lee Hazelwood and, and Nancy Sinatra records. There's even a Lee Hazelwood and Anne Margaret record mm -hmm. that I found for like a couple bucks. And so this is, you know, there none of this stuff was on CD at this point. Um, and uh, I went looking for all these records. And, you know, like the second Lee and Nancy record is, or Nancy and Lee record is really hard to find. It was back then. I did find it. Mm -hmm. um, and but the thing is, I never saw this record mm -hmm. back then. Right. Maybe it was on a smaller label or only Im uh, import only or something. Right. I think maybe import only because I I didn't see this till Steve Shelley and and Tim put this out, mm -hmm. and and I was like, oh my god. And <laughs> Nancy and Lee, is that did that have the hit the boots? These boots are made from No, that was just that was her solo, but written and produced by Lee Hazelwood. Right, right, right. So that was kind of their introduction to each other, I believe, was that she was looking for uh, songwriters and producers and found him, who was both. And he'd written These Boots Are Made For Walking for a man to sing. I didn't know that. Okay. Which seems really kind of weird. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, that's a cool story, though. That's a good... Uh background on that one i want to yeah. now i want to hear that song again thinking about like glenn, right glenn campbell singing it or something. <laughs> a little strange <laughs> but um yeah so um this record yeah was like kind of a long lost gem and and uh when the cd of that came out uh, in the 90s i guess it was right mm -hmm. uh there's that that's when you first heard it right and you met steve yeah well. yep um uh i think there was quite a, a few of these sort of rare, harder to find records that he really wanted to repress and um, just put out into the world um, again, uh, just to make sure they didn't, you know, go out of print. Um, and um, yeah, that's right. that's that's a great story too of 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 his label and and how um, smells like um, um, just, just what they're doing in the music world. It's just just great. Right, and now Light in the Attic's licensed mm -hmm. it. I, I I make the assumption, and, and I know that uh, Nancy Sinatra works this way, but she owns all of her own masters to this day. Um, and I kind of assume that Lee Hazelwood, being that entrenched in the music business, would have done the same right. thing and has, you know, he can license these for 10 years or whatever, or his, his estate can at this right. point. That makes sense. Yeah, I don't know much about his estate or anything. Yeah. Um but um, yeah, I'm yeah, I'm really glad these these are still you know able to be found. Um, I know very little about the musicians on this record, but I've listened to it 
so many times that I feel like I know them. They're as personal friends. Four years down and 21 to blow. 10,000 more breakfasts to go. Yeah, there's, there's a, a lot of personality in the playing of this record. Yeah. What do, you, what do you, as a musician and as a producer and arranger, what kind of things did you really take away from, from this record right off the bat? Because it's, it's an interesting one. I guess it's just how unique and imperfect the, the vocals are. Um, and um, this sort of um, um, combination of, of this gruff sort of... Um, almost sometimes monotone delivery mixed with this angelic um, female higher vocal. Um, that's pretty unique. Or it, to me, I had never really heard anything like that. It had almost reminded me of something that would be in a, a Neo Morricone film or something. <laughs> right. Um, putting two things that don't belong uh, together. Um but the, I guess the biggest thing is I just really like the songs and um, some of them are really funny. And, um, you know, clearly he doesn't take himself too seriously <laughs> and that's hard to find. Yeah. You know, for, uh, in the realm of, you know, great songwriting. And um, there's so so many, uh, so many hits on this one. It were hits that never were. <laughs> hits that never were. Hits in my mind only. <laughs> In the waking hours of some not too distant morning, you come. So one of the things that to me as an engineer that really blows me away in this record, and I think you're responding to it as well, is the the second song, Leather and Lace, mm-hmm. um, and that's got Nina on it and him singing. When it comes to her vocal, her vocal sounds completely in a different space mm-hmm. than his, right? Mm-hmm. Different tone. It's kind of muted and, and mid rangey. And it sounds a little like more reverb, like it's ghosty. It's totally weird. Yeah, uh, and the title, leather and lace, the lyrics, everything. I feel like they were going for these fire and um, ice <laughs> sort of uh, is as a production technique, which is pretty genius, um, and uh, it works. I feel like Lee's vocal plays up the um, the, the bassier parts of his voice. Um, a little bit macho, but to me, it's a funny version of macho. So it's uh, right know, it draws me in. Leather and lace hanging in place, and desire was the warmth of the wine. The leather was sure, the lace could endure and endure. Yeah, I think I think, and you hear that on the the Nancy and Lee record. You hear this sort of self-effacing, like a, a, a Greenwich folk singer mm-hmm. song or something, where it's a it's it's taking a jab at himself, kind of being being a fool or mm-hmm. a clown. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of interesting. Um, do you is there anything you know listening to this and hearing your thoughts on it? I can't help but think of how she and him operates, mm-hmm. and then you've got your vocals, which you're known for having sort of a gruffer uh, tone, and then Zoe's like clear, you know, just 
clear, clean, high vocal above yours. Do you do you do you hear something in this record that reminds you of what you can apply to productions on those kind of tracks? I definitely use it as as inspiration for the way they um, combine these things that don't seem to go together. Um, you know, Zoe and I have a lot of uh, musical things in common, mm-hmm. but we also have a you know a ton of stuff that's um, that's different. She's coming from a totally different world than I am, and um, I think that that's uh, a good place for for music. Yeah, I think the the combination or the contrast, mm-hmm. you know, can be quite amazing. Do you ever find it difficult when when you've been mixing? Because uh, on the she and him stuff, I've only mixed a couple tracks for you guys. And do you ever find it difficult to to put the vocals into same the places that feel appropriate when they're so different? Uh, it's a good question. Zoe is is the master at uh, finding the right uh, key. Mm-hmm. Um, I never really thought about keys for my voice until I started working with her. Uh, I work in like drop D all the time. And um, if something was either too high or too low for me, then I would just have the guitar do it. <laughs> or I would just, you know, I wouldn't do that song. Right. But she's like, no, let's try it in these in these different keys. So I guess to answer your question, that's more like pre-production. Yeah. Because she's if a song is in a wrong key, she knows she knows it right away. And um so we kind of know the where the uh the vocals are gonna sit before uh going into the studio. Now that makes sense. Luckily. That makes sense. <laughs> that, well, back to this record. Mm-hmm. What the heck? What are we doing? Yeah. Um, one of the things that's, that was interesting is we were just checking out on this this new uh, 2016 reissue on Light in the Attic. There's a couple of versions of two of the songs, Easy and Me and Pray Them Bars Away, that are completely different versions than the ones that made it on the proper album. There, there's like funky, uh, I, I thought that sounded like Muscle Shoals kind mm-hmm, of drums mm-hmm. on, on these songs. And uh, Pray Them Bars Away on this album opens with a string quartet kind of sound. And in this in this song, it opens with like a drum part, you know, funky mm-hmm. drums. Four years down. I, I find that really fascinating. Do you find, do you look for alternate versions of stuff that you like and to see where they... Yeah, for for records I really love. I'm um, I love hearing the the B sides and the uh, the takes that got turned down, or you know the lyrics that got lined out and rejected. Um, I think that that stuff's really interesting. Um, For these particular ones, um, they're really interesting to listen to because we're you know you and I are so used to hearing them one Mm way. so I, I feel like, um, yeah, it, it it gives some more depth to the 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 one that made it to be the the A side. Awesome, and just I I think just to wrap this up, is there any other Lee Hazelwood album or production that you would recommend uh, outside of Cowboy in Sweden? Um, there's quite a few. Um, you mentioned the um, his collaborations with with Nancy and Nancy Sinatra, right? Um. um this is the one that um, I first sort of fell in love with, so it's mm-hmm. 
has a special place, but uh, Requiem for an Almost Lady is great. Um, yeah. And the record that has sand on it. Um, um, which I have to it look shows at. up in a couple of places, but but it's mostly known for being on the Nancy and Lee okay. record. Yeah, but I know what you mean. There's a lot of versions. You'll see different versions where he sings the lead of a song that Nancy sings on another thing. And there's even versions of uh, some of these songs. Uh, the Nancy and Lee songs were um, uh, Susie Jane Hokum is singing the lead. Mm -hmm. I found those in the box sets and stuff. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Well, thanks, Matt. Thanks yeah, for coming in. Nice to talk to you, Larry. All right. Take care. Bye. I wonder what you're doing since I don't see you none. Are you still doing all them rotten things we done? If you got some spare time, why don't you learn to pray? Thanks for listening. Discussion is created by Tape Op, the creative music recording magazine. Free subscriptions are available at tapeop.com along with our regular podcast and online content.